2: The truckers continue their record-breaking freedom convoy. Joe Biden says, "Hey, we can't re- we can't forgive college debt, but you know, here's a crack pipe." And uh, we go over all these other occurrences and current events that uh, just seem to be getting crazier here on the Conservative Connection.
3: No no hair, Weary. I'm so sorry.
4: And corn pop was a bad move. <laughs>
5: <pretty short. laughs> Conservative Connection.
6: Come on, man.
2: Hello, everybody. If you're listening to this, uh, whoever won the Super Bowl, that team is celebrating. Personally, I'm rooting for the Bengals. This is being done a little bit in advance. So uh, I don't know who's going to win, but I want uh, Joe Burrows to win with the Bengals. That's just me. You know, a little bit ahead of the times. But, hey, it's the Super Bowl. It's worth noting. And unfortunately, I don't know if anybody's decided to be political, although I will predict that I don't think they can be political in favor of Joe Biden anymore. I think it's just that I can't see them doing that. Although, you know, Snoop Dogg and Eminem, there might be a live F-bomb on TV, which one of my friends is betting will happen, but it's been an interesting time. As you can probably tell, I had my coffee. And if, if you listen to the last recording, you can probably tell the difference between me and that. You know, when I have my coffee, I'm just right back into place. You know, I feel a lot better. But we have to discuss this, uh, this trucker's convoy. And I know a lot of people are a little confused as to what's happening. And I wanted to kind of lay out everything that's kind of been going on because even uh, a girl I talked to recently, she's like, I, I don't know exactly what's going on. So, what ended up happening was these truckers in Canada, started in Canada at least, said, you know what, we got like 85, 90% of our population is vaccinated. And yet we're still having problems. We're still having problems with these lockdowns, with these mandates, just to show that like, it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough vaccines. It's never going to be enough boosters. And it feels like it's never going to end. So they said, you know what? These mandates, these lockdowns, they're impeding the economy. They're impeding people's ability to get jobs. They are hurting everybody. And they just never seem to end. So until you guys cut these mandates... We are not going to deliver your supplies. We are in charge of the the food supply chain because, you know, how do you guys think that the food and drinks get there? They don't just pop up out of magically. It's it's not like Bud Light with the magic fridge. Like, guys, the, the magic fridge is back with, like, the two sides of the wall where the guy puts the Bud Light in on one end and the guy opens the fridge and Bud Light's just there. Like, no, that's, that's not what happens. Old reference to a Super Bowl commercial. Still funny. The Bud Light magic fridge, man. Remember when the Super Bowl commercials used to be funny? Oh man, those those were good times. I, I love that some some of my friends we used to watch the Super Bowl just to see those commercials because they were so hilarious. But yeah, it's not the Bud Light magic fridge where you just open up the fridge and oh there's milk. No, that's that's not the way things work truckers have to get the supplies to and from stores retail areas they have to ship things out they have to get it over in a speedy time some of them need to be refrigerated some items need to be um, placed in certain areas there's certain shipments that needs to go out at a certain time and the truckers realize they're like hey we have a huge influence because basically if we all go on strike until they end these mandates well they they're not going to be able to boss us around so here's uh, the, the chief of Ottawa police, I guess, um, the premier, and he's going out and saying what's going to happen and why, why they need to take action. So here we go, Ottawa
3: Premier, clip one, go. The OPP has also provided additional resources to Ottawa Police Services and Windsor Police Services to satisfy their recent requests for operational support. And more needs to be done. We're strengthening the tools and the powers of our police forces to resolve this situation and restore order. Let me be clear, the government does not direct our police forces, but we do set the laws. Today I'm using my authority as Premier of Ontario to declare a state of emergency in our province. And I will convene Cabinet to use legal authorities to urgently enact orders that will make crystal clear it is illegal and punishable to block and impede the movement of goods, people, and services along critical infrastructure.
1: Is he talking about the truckers or government?
2: Man, uh, interfere with public transmission and interfering with the economy. Oh, wait. Are you talking about the truckers or are you talking about your own mandates? It's kind of interesting, isn't it, how that works? Because the thing is, if they want the truckers to stop, all they have to do is just get rid of the mandates. And we're seeing a very interesting movement here because we're we're seeing a convoy of truckers traveling and there's about 50,000 of them in Canada Stretching about forty-five miles long, just trucks. Because when this thing first started, they had they tried to say, Well, it's just a fringe small group. There's no there's no real consensus here. But then what we realized is when these truckers started getting in and controlling the supply chain and saying no and protesting, well, America joined in, um, second, but Canada, you beat us to it. Finally, you you beat us in something awesome. So Kudos to Canada. You finally did something right, uh, other than Canadian bacon, which is not as good as regular bacon. But this is a global movement. This is not just Canada. It's not just the U.S. All countries are joining in. Uh, Finland, Sweet, uh, not, not Sweden, Finland, the Netherlands, all these different areas. I think Denmark, They've they've got a convoy for Almost every country, I think my mom was uh, sharing me, she's like, look at all this stuff. And it, it really is amazing just how long the list is of all these different countries going for these truckers. And now we're seeing, because what was the narrative before? Oh, it's just a fringe small group that's not for the mandates. But it's really, really hard to find any person who is against these truckers. Large majority of everybody I know, they're all supporting the truckers. Large majority of my friends, family, and I don't live in a bubble. This is not just uh, conservatives and uh, uh, patriotic Americans and people who voted for Donald Trump supporting these truckers. This is like everybody. And again, it sparked a global movement. So it's really hard to say it's just a fringe group. When you spark spark a global movement going on around almost every single country saying no to these mandates and totalitarian measures, you're not going to be able to say it's a fringe group when it's a global movement. And what ended up happening before was so many people said, "Oh, you know, we don't have that much power. We don't know what we're going to do." And because the media uh, was covering only the people who were for the mandates. What ended up happening is in this propaganda war that we're living out, we thought that was the majority, but it's not the majority, guys. We're the majority. The people supporting these truckers are the majority, and you know it's bad when Bill Maher, of all people, Bill Maher, the liberal, bring on the recession, Bill Maher. Now that the recession's here, Bill Maher's changed his tune, and here is Bill Maher's show, and I have to play this clip one just to because it's funny to see somebody be red-pilled in real time. It's, it's funny to watch that happen. But now, l- listen to uh, the commentator, because he perfectly articulates almost exactly, almost exactly why this is such a global movement, and it's unifying both parties so much. So I, you guys, you need to hear this. So here we go. Uh, clip two, go.
5: Justin Trudeau, I mean, I thought he was kind of a cool guy. But I started to read what... He, he said, "This is a couple of weeks ago. He was, or maybe this is September, but he was talking about people who are not vaccinated. He said they don't believe in science. They're often misogynistic, often racist. No, they're Ooh, not. That was not that, smart of him at all. Right. He said, but they take up space, mm. and well, with that, we have to make a choice in terms of a leader as a country. Do we tolerate these people? It's like tolerate them. now. You do sound that's, like Hitler. No, that's, mm-hmm. that, that was, uh, and recently, he talked about the Holding, holding unacceptable views. Wow.
1: This, oh. yeah. I'm surprised to hear that Trudeau said those things.
5: You didn't see the blackface? I mean, he's, <laughs> he's uh, no, I'm kidding about it. I'm, I'm not, I mean, that's that was great. not a good look for him. I know,
0: not
5: but, I, I, I mean, I, I, come on. I mean, that's, I think, what gets under people's skin. What's happening this week, it looks like, is people are understanding that this is about something more.
3: Mm-hmm
5: than just the vaccine mandate. It's becoming a big thing. It's happening all over the world now. They think it might happen here in Washington on Super Bowl Sunday.
7: Do you agree it's about something more? And if so, what? Look, I think it is about something more. If you think this is about vaccine mandates or about white supremacy, you're missing the point. And this isn't a left or right issue. This is about an uprising of everyday citizens in democracies around the world. It's not just Canada. It's not the United States. It's Western Europe, too, rising against the biggest threat to democracy, which I think is the rise of this managerial class in democracies around the world that are crushing the will of everyday people through bureaucracies. And it's the same people, by the way, Bill, who staff corporate boards of directors, who end up as associate deans of universities, who then end up being appointed as diplomats abroad. These are the unelected class of leaders that ultimately, I think, are using their bureaucratic power to supplant the will of everyday, not only Americans, but Canadians and Western Europeans too. And that's why we're seeing a fusion of both the left and the right here saying that actually we want our voices heard. We want to be able to speak without fear of putting food on the dinner table. And you know what? The beautiful thing about a democracy is that so far, thank God, this has been a peaceful set of protests. I hope it stays that way. That's part of the messiness of democracy. That's part of what makes it beautiful.
2: Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. This guy perfectly articulates what it is because you know what? People are tired of being pushed around. People are tired of hearing about the so-called quote-unquote science. And you know what? When somebody says, follow the science, quote-unquote, you should say, I follow the data. Follow the data. There's, there's no data out there. The CDC stopped counting cases, guys. Do you know what it means when the CDC has no deaths and no cases to count? It means the pandemic's over. (laughs) It means that there's these lies they keep trying to propagate about these overrun hospitals. Not true. Not true at all. And uh, I have some insider information that shows that hospitals are getting back to seeing regular patients. But on top of that, guys, it just... Just look around you like the pandemic's over. What are they citing now? They can't even cite anything. Recently in Illinois, what's happened is there was a a a judge in Illinois. I want to get this right exactly. And the judge basically said that why was why were you given this authority as an emergency power, Governor Pritzker, if that emergency power was not already within your power before? Granted power for an emergency time. But if you guys can't even cite cases, if you can't even cite deaths or cases or hospitalizations or anything else in Illinois, they've gone down, I think, 70 to 73%. What is your argument to retain your emergency authoritative powers? So, an Illinois judge sums up the entire COVID response with one quote. And the quote is statutory rights have attempted to be bypassed through the issuance of executive orders and emergency rules. This type of evil is exactly what the law was intended to restrain. Again, guys, you're not the minority. Speak up, speak out. Now's your time. Because you know what? They're starting to drop the mask mandates because they say, the science has changed. Oh, the science has changed. You know, it's funny. It's funny that the science changes. Um, and it changes not just it, it, it doesn't just change. The science changes to exactly what me and all my friends have been censored and banned for saying for the past two years, which means it wasn't really science. And the reason I say you should say you should counterpoints with "I follow the science" with "I follow the data," because the' change with whatever popular. For the government to be saying, why? Because midterms are coming up. But here's the thing. Democrats are just so gung-ho about keeping their masks on and all this other crazy stuff. Uh, Guys, I don't know if they'll be able to actually convince their base to take them off. But it it, it makes me smile. And you can see my smile because I'm not wearing a mask. But... It makes me smile because for every single different awkward situation that we encounter now going forward, for every other person who wears a mask and is decides to be an, a masked Nazi and go crazy on people who aren't wearing them because life is back to normal now, or at least it should be, that's one more person that's going to vote to get Pritzker out. That's one more person who's going to vote these people out because they see the polls. Holy cow, the polls. I haven't, I haven't even gone into the polls, but in aggregate, the polls for Joe Biden, only like 37 to 38% approval. And they, again, we know they're fudging the numbers. Like, come on, these inflation numbers that are coming out, they're, they're crazy, 7.5% officially. But we know that they're fudging the numbers. We know that inflation is much, much worse than that. And you know what, everybody is slowly starting to be like, hey, that uh that Donald Trump guy and these these conservatives, you know, like we may not agree with them on everything, but man, do we miss our freedoms. You know, Robert Kennedy once said, and Robert Kennedy senior, every single time we turn our heads the other way when we see the law flouted, when we tolerate what we know to be wrong, And when we close our eyes and our ears to the corrupt because we're too busy or too frightened, when we fail to speak up and to speak out, we strike a blow against freedom and decency and justice. Now is the time to stand up. We have a clear advantage, clear opportunity. Because when the Democrats start to cave, oh my gosh, guys. It means what we're doing is working. And what we're going to see is a huge case of amnesia. We're going to have a different pandemic where everybody is short-sighted and they forget all about these lockdowns and mandates and they try to say things like, oh, no, 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 no. It was just a temporary measure. It was only for a short period of time. They're going to try to run the narrative back. And you guys are going to have to remember, which is why I think they're so keen on trying to shut down this trucker movement. I mean, think about it, right? How are you going to convince everybody that you were never really for lockdowns or any of this other stuff, but you've still got truckers protesting the vaccine passports, mandates, cards, lockdown measures, and everything else around you? Remember when Dr. Leanna Wen said, oh, you, you have the freedom and choice not to take the shot. It just means you won't be able to leave your homes. You remember that? Do you, do you remember what Trudeau said? Like, even Bill Maher is now saying, Trudeau sounds like Hitler. That's Bill Maher saying that. That's not Alex Jones. That's not Sean Hannity. Bill Maher, Bill Maher said that. I mean, mean, do I need to give you guys any more proof that we're winning in this narrative? Now, the truckers are smart. The truckers know that if they try to be interviewed by the media, that they're going to be misrepresented, that they're going to be taken out of context, that they're going to try to make them seem like crazy people. They're not. If anything, they're doing what everybody should have been doing a long time ago. Like, let's think about it. If every single person in every single company went on strike when they tried to enforce a mandate instead of pinning people against each other and making them like pharmaceutical happy uh, defenders of, of vaccines saying you needed like six or to nine shots, if everybody went on strike instead, like I said, like United Airlines wouldn't be facing the situation they're facing if they all went on strike. You need workers. And just like you need workers, you need truckers. But guys, even in a, even in a good economy, we could not afford to lose like 20% of our truckers. It's not something that we could have afforded to lose. I know some people are saying, well, what about the supply chains and everything else? Because um, they're getting a little worried. But this is what's going to happen in order for freedom to prevail. And as a result, you're already seeing a lot of measures taken in place now to show because when the truckers started doing this, they, got, they had so much support that Democrats, even with fudging the numbers and everything, they can't hide it. I haven't found a single person who, in my circle, who's like vehemently against the truckers. And once it sparks a global movement, you can't call it a fringe movement anymore. So now we're at a very interesting crossroads where if if the Democrats, again, take down all their measures and try to act like, you know, we were never for lockdown mandates or anything else, we still have the truckers going around for the mandates they're still trying to impose on everybody. Very interesting time we live in. Very interesting time indeed. And I am all here for it. But we're facing a a, a lot of different things because – Right now, politics has become interesting because you don't have a left and right uh, narrative anymore. It's more of authoritarian versus the people. And we see that with uh, a lot of things, you know, and uh, we see that with the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum says things like, you will own nothing and be happy. Well, I I say you first. (laughs) Give me all your stuff. You own nothing. I'll own your stuff. Your private jets, all your mansions, all your real estate. Give it to me. You'll be very happy with nothing. You know, see that that's something you say to somebody when you're threatening them or when you hate them. That's that's not something you tell somebody you love. You don't you don't say that to your mom or dad. You don't say that to your friends and family. That's not something you do. And you see institutions like uh BlackRock stepping in. And I may do a whole separate. I was actually planning to do a whole separate episode on BlackRock, but um, BlackRock is uh, one of these investment managers for the Fed's mortgage-backed securities purchase program during the uh, during the last financial crisis. And uh, they also advised the Fed on a pool of assets of Citigroup and the Fed ring fenced um, and Fed ring fenced and advised the Fed on. Pool of assets of Citigroup and Federal. Sorry, I'm sorry. Looking over my notes here, the federal government turned to BlackRock to evaluate the toxic assets of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac after the government seized the entities in about 2008. In 2020, BlackRock was selected in no more uh, in more no-bid contracts to be the sole buyer of corporate bonds and corporate bond ETFs for the Fed's unprecedented $750 billion corporate bond buying program, which will include both investments, uh, investment grade and junk rated bonds. The Fed has said it may add more investment managers to the program eventually. BlackRock is being allowed by the Fed to buy its own corporate bond ETFs as part of the Fed program to prop up the corporate bond market. And uh, according to a report, an institutional investor on Monday, BlackRock, on behalf of the Fed, bought $1.58 billion in investment-grade and high-yield ETFs from May 12th to May 19th. And I believe this was last year. But uh, with BlackRock's iShares funds representing 48% of the $1.3 billion market value at the end of that period. (laughs) No bid contracts and buying up all your own products. What could possibly be wrong with that, right? You have these people, and uh, to make matters even more egregious, you know, you see things like the stimulus bill known as the CARES Act set aside $454 billion of taxpayer money to eat the losses in the bailout programs set up by the Fed, and a total of $75 billion has been allocated to eat losses in the corporate bond buying programs being managed by BlackRock. So, about 17% of the money in the CARES Act that we saw went to BlackRock. It's like almost one fifth of the money. And uh, since BlackRock is allowed to buy up its own ETFs, it means that the taxpayers will be eating losses that might otherwise accrue to billionaire Larry Fink's company and investors. So, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we, I wanted to go over this too. Like, we saw so many of, so much of the CARES money in the CARES Act program money just go to ridiculous things that they should have never gone to. Like, we found out that. J.B. Pritzker actually gave the Lake County chapter of Black Lives Matter, I think was something like $300,000 that was supposed to be allocated to help the people for the CARES Act who were hurt by COVID. So you've got institutions like BlackRock, where 17% of the money in the CARES Act went to BlackRock to basically cover the losses. So you're paying for BlackRock's losses. Now, it also turns out if you're an Illinois resident, your taxpayer money or your CARES money went to go fund the Lake County chapter of Black Lives Matter, whose president, by the way, was uh, convicted of assaulting a cop. (laughs) I actually ran into that guy one time, and I I remember Matthew. You guys know Matthew. He was on my podcast um, talking about the local elections. I believe in the— the second to last episode, maybe the third to last episode we had. And Matthew said, uh, you know, don't go near that guy. Trust me. Jesus like, don't go near him. But uh, I think he's, he's been arrested now, but guys, it's very obvious that the scales have been tipped in a certain way to favor the corporations that are part of the narrative. And average person is just sick of it. Like, to go back to BlackRock, BlackRock is like the second or large, third largest owner of stock in like Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Procter & Gamble, and among the top five in nearly every large U.S. company as an investor. And because of BlackRock's heavy influence with foreign central banks, some of which are also buying Microsoft, Apple, and Amazon, its role in the outlandish uh, valuations of these companies, may, sometimes people don't comprehend it. Like According to BlackRock, um, their April report to shareholders on March 20, 31st of 2020, the company was managing approximately like $6.47 trillion in assets on behalf of investors worldwide, which is about six times what it was managing before the last financial crisis. And I know some of you guys are like, why are you talking about BlackRock and all these other companies? Because you guys need to understand the influence that they have over the market. And uh, the influence that they have when they join forces with things like the World Economic Forum and other entities. And I, I may do a whole other episode on the World Economic Forum, but I want you guys to understand that our taxpayer money and the money that's supposed to be helping us is being reallocated to people who are shutting us down, who are locking down the markets who are buying up all the houses and properties and who have an agenda. And the agenda is a communist agenda. And these people are some of the world's largest money managers. And once once they get orders to do a certain thing or carry out a certain agenda, they they do it. And we're seeing it with this administration. And so far, the agenda seems to be discriminate and make sure that the people who do not obey us, people who do not like what we're doing, the people who don't like mandates or all this other stuff, are segregated against, they are discriminated against, and they cannot work and they cannot get jobs. And finally, we get a group, a convoy, that supports us and it sparks a global movement. And you guys need to understand that this is so much bigger than right and left. It's so much bigger than conservative and liberal. Now, me as a conservative, I view myself as like a small government individual. And to me, even the the Republican Party's too, sometimes, no. The Republican Party in general is too big government for me like they seem to slide to the right a bit. Now I will vote Republican because they they are the ones who are most likely to get me my freedoms back. Yeah, I will vote for who will for whoever will leave me alone. That that's who I will vote for. But you guys need to be aware that when people advocate for big government, they tend to get corrupted and once governments start to get corrupted with large corporations money and large money managers stepping into the market checks and balances as we see they start to break down so you'll see things like the executive branch just lay out executive orders is exactly as that judge said they they lay out executive orders and they pass it through the legislature and then well, they don't pass it through the legislature. They ignore the legislature. They surpass the legislature is what I meant. They surpass the legislature. They act as the legislature, just creating executive orders that are in the place of laws. and then that when we, we when we finally get to court, you know only the people who have enough money to sue can get to court, and then it gets it gets drawn out. and then you know the feds like the CIA and the FBI figure out who to let off the hook and who not to let off the hook. And our whole justice system has kind of been turned on its head with all these different influences. So, you know, I know January 6th is long past, but I just have to, I have to play this clip of uh, Ted Cruz asking about uh, Ray Epps, just to show you what I mean. when When I talk about the justice system being kind of flipped on its head to the point where The CIA and FBI figure out who will and won't get prosecuted. And this is why I think we should just do away with our FBI and CIA in general. I mean, the second the FBI said we're going to start targeting parents that speak out against critical race theory and communist teachings, that should have been it. We should have been like, okay, you're targeting private citizens who are adults who don't want their kids indoctrinated. You're gone. And you know what? Maybe we might eventually get a president one day who has enough stones to do that. But until we do... You guys need to at least be aware of it. So here we're going to go to Ted Cruz, and this is clip number three.
6: Did any FBI agents or confidential informants informants actively actively participate in the the events of January January 6th? Yes or no?
1: Sir, I can't, I can't answer that.
6: Did any FBI agents Did or confidential agents informants, informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th?
1: I can't answer that, sir.
6: Did any FBI agents any F- or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th?
1: Sir, I can't answer that.
6: Who is Ray Epps?
1: I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him.
6: Miss Sandburn, was Ray Epps a Fed?
1: Sir, I cannot answer that question.
6: Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades?
1: Similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that.
6: Did federal agents or those in service of federal agent actively encourage violent and criminal conduct on January 6th?
1: Not to my knowledge, sir.
2: I can't answer that. I can't. I, I'm not sure I can't answer that. I'm sorry. We obviously know that Ray Epps was a fed. Um, we obviously know that he's not going to be prosecuted. We obviously know that he instigated something because we saw it on video. We saw it happen. And yet, all the people who want to complain about violence now are all of a sudden at a loss of words when the guy who instituted the violence was one of their own. This is why we get a lot of. Um, a lot of people who are just like my buddy Josh who um who's saying we need to kind of just figure out what institutions of law enforcement are corrupted and which ones aren't and the second we figure out they're corrupted they they need to go and we need to start over because we sometimes are creating more problems than than they're worth really when it comes to a help or when it comes to aid i mean how many people told me uh, as conservatives and Republicans that James Comey was this upstanding guy and he was one of the best agents. You, you got to see this Jim Comey guy, man. He's one of the best. He's got so much character. It turns out the guy was a complete hack. Like he really was. He, he was a complete doofus. And <laughs> that's why I'm saying like before you just agree with a, a narrative, I encourage everybody to do their own research because you may find out some things that are a little disturbing. But anyway... We're going to go to a break really quick, and then we're going to be right back. And I I want to show you guys, you know, since it's Black History Month, I wanted to show you guys how the institutions of power are affecting two different black men of two different generations and how discrimination has reared its ugly head up and what it's doing to everybody as Americans and everybody around the world when it comes to freedom. So. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears call claygranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done
2: Hello, everybody. We are back. So, so we're talking about the, the different ways that our freedoms been challenged, and I want to play this one clip from um, famously Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It is it is uh, Black History Month, and you know I don't think Black History should be relegated to a month. Black History is American history, as uh, Morgan Freeman said. But hey, if if the left is going to bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up too. So here we go. Dr. Martin Luther King jr. Go clip four
6: We hold these truths to be self-evident That all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life Liberty and the pursuit of happiness But if a man doesn't have a job or an income He has neither life nor liberty and the possibility for the pursuit of happiness, he merely exists.
2: That is a very, very true statement. It really, really is. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But if you do not have a job and you do not have an income, your freedom, your liberty of to choose what you want becomes extremely limited to the point where you can't really exercise it. Your life, the quality of your life goes down the tube. And you really don't have the ability to pursue happiness because anything that could give you free, like money is freedom, guys. The more money you have, the more freedom you have. That's why I say money doesn't really change people. It just changes, money doesn't change people. It just gives them the freedom to do what they would have done had they had the money to do it. If a guy becomes a bajillionaire and has like seven billion dollars or something and decides to cheat on his wife, he would have cheated on his wife um, if he was able to get away with it when he was a thousandaire. It's the same. It's the same concept. It's all about quality of character. It opens up whether or not you have um, the freedom to do certain things. And some people are not used to that level of freedom. But you know, you're not really free until you're able to live and and retire and actually that then you can do what you want. You know, so many people say, well, like money's, money's not that important. Well, it's important enough that you spend 40 hours a week at least away from your friends and family to get it. You would never walk up to a poor child in Haiti and give them a lecture on how money's not important. You wouldn't do that because you were raised in a country where you're very prosperous to the point where even our, um, even our poor people have a chance to get a leg up, but that's rapidly changing. In the United States, in order to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you need to be able to earn an income. And when you're not able to earn an income because of discrimination and because of segregation, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, you merely exist. If you cannot get a job, if you cannot be hired, if you cannot get an income, you cannot make it in the United States if you're discriminated against on that kind of a level and that kind of a capacity. You can't. You need an income to do everything. Like even the Amish have an income. Actually, there's a lot of Amish millionaires, believe it or not. You, you just never know because they're not going to flaunt their wealth and drive up in a Lamborghini. Uh, but they're very hardworking people. They're business-oriented people. In fact, uh, if things go south enough, I might just <laughs> might just join them up. I mean, they're probably pretty good when it comes to uh, working with their hands. And, um, yeah, like I, I might just join them to avoid the craziness of life. I thought about it before. Um Again, like that's not a, unless things get really bad. I'm a Bitcoin guy. I don't know if I'd fit in into, the, into that kind of environment. But to go back to what Martin Luther King Jr. said, you you cannot be stripped of your freedom to work in order to prosper. You You just can't. If you don't have a job, if you do not have an income, that freedom of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is not available to you it's not because if you can't work to get those things, then your pursuit of happiness is gone. How can you pursue happiness if you can if you don't even have the freedom to pursue work? If you can't even pursue work, how do you expect to have any liberty? If if you can't pursue work, your liberty was taken away from you. If you if you don't if you cannot get an income, what kind of liberty is that? It's not, but that's what these people have done in stripping people of their right to work and in their freedoms. I want to play this other clip, and this is a, a man who's in one of the trucker rallies, and I believe this is clip five. But I, I want him you to go over and compare these clips. Right, listen to what Dr. King is saying, and again, what Dr. King was saying at the time for the black community was very true they they were being discriminated against in such a capacity that they could not work they were segregated they were treated as lesser than it was an evil time in american history but once you they took away that right from them the other rights couldn't coincide they couldn't coexist because they play off of each other i want you to listen as as this one uh man explains it in a very 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 good way um as clip Five, I believe Clip 5, go. Just
4: start my is Gregory name Moore, and I'm, you I was born in Detroit, and I live here in... Uh, well, I live in Windsor, Ontario, so I'm a dual citizen. Uh, I have uh, both citizenships, American and Canadian. I was fired from my job for 22 years. Um, I have since uh, regained employment, but I will not take the uh, forced vaccination, so the government uh, is treating us like second-class citizens. My kids are... Uh, Thrown off the track teams, off of all of the uh, debate teams, off of any actual correct- curricular activities at school. My kids are scholars. They're not only uh, uh, scholars, but they're also in this program called an IB program. So they're very uh, highly intelligent, and a government is treating them like they treated my mother, who went to the very last segregated school in all of Ontario. It closed in 1965. So history is repeating itself. We see these Jim Crow laws coming up again see separate but equal laws coming up again and the government is saying now that it's okay to segregate and this is all after last summer all these police officers including Justin Trudeau and Doug Ford lifted their hands high in the air and supported Black Lives Matter who is a real terrorist group I've seen nothing here but peace I have seen nothing here but people being so uh, fun, fine with each other and so much uh, you know, just love. And people uh, are compassionate here. And uh, nobody's breaking anything. It's, it's just it's a good time to be here. We are living in a very historical moment. And um, we will not stop until we get our freedom back. Because our freedom is given to us from God. It's not given to us from our government. So these mandates have to all be dropped. And uh, we have to be free again. My whole family left United States of America to come here to Canada to be free. My mother's grandmother was a slave. We came here to be free. And now we're facing tyranny all over again. And it's not gonna happen this time.
2: That truly is the truth. You know, I I hate to people I, I hate to see people suffering like this um, for what they believe in. But guys, don't don't forget this when the time comes around. Like, do not forget what was done to your family, what was done to your friends. Certain people couldn't even go see their, their dad who had died in a funeral. Like they couldn't even mourn. It was so bad. And yet they're, they're going to come up to us and say, oh, well, it wasn't really our fault, blah, 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 blah. These people should never be allowed toward the reins of power again. They tried to take away your bodily autonomy. I mean, I think about how crazy of an idea that is. They tried to take away your freedom to figure out what goes in and out of your own body. Guys, that's about as authoritarian as it gets. I remember listening to this one woman who was supporting the truckers. And who was putting food on their their trucks. And she said, even under communism, we we were bakers under communism. Even under communism, they let us go to church. Under this regime, they arrested our pastors and they locked down our churches. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the first amendment for America. I know in Canada, they don't have any amendments written down. Maybe you guys might want to change that, honestly. And then I wanted to go over the media's coverage, and this is why it's smart that the, the truckers did not uh, they did not have the media because they know what's going to happen. And here, here's a there was a CNN anchor who was saying that he was going to um, they should slash the trucker the truck sorry tongue tied today they should slash the tires of the truckers and they should act out violently against them. And they should go and attack them, not, not realizing it's their own government is the reason that the truckers are doing what they do, because the government impeded the flow of goods, not the truckers. The government impeded that by saying that they, they were going to put mandates on things to halt traffic of regular business and regular people's incomes, and whether or not they could work. That was the government. The truckers came along and said, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. So CNN says, go outside and slash the tires of the truckers, which, by the way, I I highly encourage you guys to try that. But before you do, if you're dumb enough to do that, let, let, let me get my uh, America's Funniest Home Videos camcorder ready because you're going to blow your hand right off your wrist and I'm going to be laughing the whole time. Oh, my gosh. You're going to blow yourself back. Have you seen a tire uh, for a truck ever in your life, an eighteen wheeler, you're gonna stab that thing. Go ahead, knock yourself out. Literally, hopefully that knife doesn't come back and hit you in, a, in an artery. Holy cow, I've never seen somebody more stupid in my life. Try, try to <laughs> try to say that. Like again, if you're gonna slash a, a, a truck tire, you're gonna need something pretty big, and you're you're gonna <laughs> hurt yourself pretty bad. Anyway, but I want you to compare that to this. So this is a, a CNN clip of uh, when when they encountered the Taliban. So let's play that CNN clip. This is clip six. Go.
7: People come up to them to pose for photographs.
0: photographs!
7: chanting death to america but they seem friendly at the same time it's utterly bizarre
2: the girl goes oh they seem friendly they seem really friendly versus like slash their tires and make sure they like seriously guys like all these guys did was park their trucks and say no we're not we're not doing that like honk if you love freedom i swear like how out of touch can you get but the truckers have said we're only going to allow independent media now from this from this stage forward to interview us. And again, it it broke a world record. I mean, the I think the longest trucker convoy ever was like five miles before this, and now it's it's forty five. So they broke that, and they started a global movement. So that's what's going on with these truckers, and uh, they're smart enough. But but think about the contrast between that. Right now, the Biden government is talking about giving $7 billion in frozen assets to humanitarian aid to the Taliban who control Afghanistan. $7 billion. But they are not going to sit down and negotiate with the truckers. Like, no negotiations, just try to lock them up, just try to get them just as fast as possible. Taliban, here's $7 billion. I, I wish they gave give the truckers $7 billion, don't you? That'd be kind of nice. <laughs> I want to actually go over this, uh, this study. So um, I had it here, and man, the corruption in this government. To, that kind of says, like, do I need to say anything else, Really? Do I need to go over why giving 7 billion billion to the Taliban is bad? I mean that uh, people people won't believe me. Like look it up for yourself. Look it up for yourself. Biden gives 10 7 billion dollars to the Taliban in frozen assets. It really does blow your mind that that's what's happening. But yeah, so let's read officially from MSN. Biden moved to split $7 billion in frozen Afghan funds. So, it had a correction on February 11th. An earlier version of this article, okay, blah, 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 that was just a correction. When the Afghan government dissolved in August with top officials, including its president and the acting governor of its central bank, fleeing the country, it left behind slightly more than $7 billion in central bank assets, to those of you who don't know, on deposit for the Federal Reserve Bank in New York. Because it was no longer clear who, if anyone, had legal authority to gain access to that account. Because, again, Afghanistan was overthrown. Thank you, Joe Biden. Um, The Fed made the funds unavailable for withdrawal. Smart. Smart. That's great. The Taliban, who is now in control of Afghanistan, immediately claims a right to the money. But a group of relatives of victims of the September 11th attacks, one of several sets who had won default judgments against the group, uh, and once seemingly... uh, like interesting lawsuits years ago sought to seize it to pay off that debt. Meanwhile, the economy in Afghanistan has been collapsing, obviously it's controlled by the Taliban and they have mass starvation that is in turn creating an enormous and destabilizing new wave of refugees and raising a clear need for extensive spent spending on humanitarian relief. but here's the thing, even in this article, I can't stand. Do you guys really think that the Taliban are going to use the $7 billion for humanitarian relief? I mean, mass starvation, uh, fetwas, terrorist season, and then right between that, let, let, let's give out some humanitarian aid. Let's get some electric blankets and, <laughs> and bananas and fruit out there. We'll have like little teddy bears that people can cuddle with, and then we'll, we're, we're going to go and give everybody like a free snuggie. No. No, that's not. That's not what happens. So Biden has seven billion dollars in assets. You got to be kidding me! Again, this is one of the most corrupt administrations I've ever seen in my life. You know, I've I've lived through four different administrations: uh, Clinton when I was extremely young, uh, Bush, Obama, uh, Trump, and now Biden. I guess that's five, four, four full administrations, and then now Biden. So Biden, Trump, Obama, Clinton, and Bush. I've never seen a government this this not only power-hungry and authoritarian, but uh, this crazy. And, and again, we're seeing with these mandates now, they're not citing any studies showing that we need to keep the mask on. They're just saying, you have to do it because we say so. You you just do it. You know, and, and now we're seeing places like Los Los Angeles and New York. And now even Illinois, they're talking about dropping all the mask mandates. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I think these people are too crazy. I mean, once you've gotten to the point where people are driving in their cars alone with a mask, like like I said previously, it's like sleeping alone with a condom. Like, who are you protecting? What are you doing? <laughs> it makes no sense. So you you look at this administration and you just, you just have to shrug your head. So the money belonging to the Afghan Central Bank, known as the Afghanistan Bank, includes assets like currency bonds and gold. Uh, much of it came from foreign exchange funds that accumulated over the past 20 years, a time when the United States and now other Western countries were donating large sums of money to Afghanistan to help generate that activity. In addition, about half a billion dollars of the bank's assets correspond to the reserves of commercial banks in Afghanistan, which by law must keep a certain amount of their deposits, including the savings of ordinary Afghan people at the central bank. Uh, spoiler, Taliban's probably not going to redistribute the money to the Afghan people or to humanitarian aid. Anyway. I'm getting mad, as you can probably tell, and, and that's that's not always a fun feeling. So I, I, I wanted to um, end on a positive note and, and saying that, guys, we're we're at a point where we're getting closer and closer to ending uh, these, these mandates that have been going on for so long. And we're, we finally are getting a glimpse of real freedom that – that we really needed in this country, that was evading us for the longest time, and it's coming back. You know, I I think about this movie called uh, "The Bug's Life." You know, a Disney animated movie, and I, ironically, um, you know, the the guy who thinks for himself, who has independence of character, is the outsider, and. I was thinking about everything and I was discussing those with my family because my my little brothers were watching the movie. And I was just saying, you know, isn't it funny how these guys in this movie, like this guy is an independent guy. He's very smart. He's the outsider. He's the only person who who even thinks about fighting back. And yet he doesn't really need to go get anybody. He just needed to assemble everybody there and get them to think independently this is a this is a short clip from from the movie where uh the the villain hopper um played by Kevin Spacey, I know Kevin Spacey in a kids movie, not exactly um politically correct anymore but <laughs> but um he gives this great speech um when one of the guys just like tries to figure out exactly you know why why do we keep oppressing these ants anyway why like why why don't we just mind your own business like let's do this and uh he says. He basically explains how authoritarian regimes work. So here we go, clip six, go.
4: Guys, order another round, because we're staying here! What was I thinking going back
5: to ant Island? I mean, we just got here, and we have more than enough food to get us through the winter, right? Why go back?
0: But... There was that ant that stood up to me. Yeah, but we can forget about him. Yeah, it was just one ant.
4: Ooh. <laughs>
7: one
2: ant. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It's just one
6: ant. Yeah, boss, they're puny.
7: Hmm, puny?
0: Say, let's pretend this grain is a puny little ant. Did that hurt? <laughs> nope. Well, how about this one? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> How about this?
4: You let one me. ant stand up to us,
0: then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food.
2: It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. We have a lot more power than we think we do. You have a lot more power than you think you do. And it's starting to show. Even even saying support for people like that, even talking about this guys gets people ticked off. There's a reason they're trying to censor podcasts now, including ones like mine. By the way, leave a 5-star review if you haven't already. You guys need to be able to pursue the life you want to live by being left alone. We're getting closer and closer and closer to doing that. But that means you need to vote. It means you need to be poll watchers. It means you need to get involved. And it means that you need to realize that you are the authority. The United States is a government of, by, and for the people. You are the people. And you are the ones who are going to determine the future of this country. Don't let it be an authoritarian version of a 1984 hellscape. Be able to live freely. Be able to have fun with the people around you. And be able to say no. I mean, the entire United States country was built on saying no. And right now, you got a choice between your freedom and being run by crazy idiots. And when these crazy idiots try to run your life, say no. Be free. And with that, we're going to conclude today's episode. Thank you, guys, so much for tuning in, and uh, I will see you next time. Until then, have fun, be free, and as always, stay connected. Thank you. Bye.
4: And corn pop was a bad
5: news.
6: The conservative connection. Oh man.
0: Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com slash build. That's chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.